At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be taking a look at some NFL and we're going to be taking a look at the baseball card for Friday. Coming up in 15 minutes, Chris Raybon. He does a great job over there at the Action Network, does a lot with regards to fantasy football and just Really being able to gauge the NFL, he's going to be joining me in 15 minutes. I'm going to hit on a division out there in the NFL that we've been seeing some interesting news and notes for, and I know that there's been varying opinions on that. And then to wrap up the show, going to give you guys some bets I like on the MLB card for Friday. So we've got a very good hour that's coming up for you, but we're starting to see some, shall we say, actual tangible things to take a look at in terms of the NFL right now. As for a while, it was just, oh, Person X, in the best shape of his life, he wound up doing nothing but walking his dog, changing diapers, and watching film all season long in between lifting weights 13 hours a day and things like this. Now we're starting to see some signings. We've seen a couple guys wind up retiring. Guys are starting to hit each other, and we're seeing a few injuries. So good that, at the very least, we are now finally, at the very least, getting things that we can actually make a little bit of something out of. And I did find it to be interesting that Quan Alexander, he decided that he was going to sign with the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. So that is going to be a big boost for a Jets team that here in the offseason, they've been able to do a solid job. They wind up acquiring A.J. Brown during the NFL draft. And the draft itself, it was very good for them. Now, as we know, the most important position when it comes to football, it is certainly at quarterback. And I certainly have my questions with regards to the man that is going to be behind center for the New York Jets this season. But 
Now, at the very least, you're going to have more weapons for Zach Wilson, him trying to be able to thrive this upcoming season. And when it comes to East in general, we did wind up seeing quite a bit of movement this offseason because you did wind up seeing the Jets in year number two under the Salah regime wind up bringing in quite a few new pieces. So it's a little bit of a revamped team there. And if you're taking a look at the futures market in terms of the AFC East, it is no surprise that you wind up finding the two teams at the top of it being the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, very big favorites, right around about a minus 225 to be able to win this division, and rightfully so. If anyone winds up taking down the Bills, that's going to be a surprise. But then you've got the Dolphins and the Patriots right around plus 450, plus five dollars. Jets at 22 to 1, even with the signing. They just don't wind up lending a lot of value. But I do find it to be interesting that the Dolphins are just so close in terms of being plus 450 to plus $5. Both of these teams have their win totals anywhere between 8.5 and, and 9, depending on where you shop. The juice is certainly going to vary a little bit. But I just have so much more faith in Bill Belichick rather than the Miami Dolphins as a whole. Because, and with Tua, I don't think that it's fair to call him a bust right now because. I mean, with Tua, it was just a case which you sort of knew that his first season was going to be a little bit of a wash coming off of that gruesome injury that he wound up suffering at Alabama. That's just something that's a little bit difficult to overcome. And I mean, for Tua, it's not like he played terribly last season. He was still able to complete right around two-thirds of his passes. He didn't wind up making too many mistakes towards the middle of the season. He was able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort for the seam. But when it comes to this Dolphins bunch, they bring in a lot of speed, and everyone's just thinking, oh, this is going to be a team that they're really going to be able to bust out because now they've got just this guy in Mike McDaniel that he was this guy that that with the 49ers, he was able to do a good job of being able to run the ball. We've never really seen a coach much like Mike McDaniel. You know, why do we all think that he's going to be successful right away? Because he's replacing a guy in Brian Flores who arguably was one of the best coaches in the league. Mike McDaniel could wind up turning out to be a very solid coach and could wind up doing his job very well, and it still wouldn't be an upgrade for this team. One of the most befuddling things that we wound up seeing during the offseason was Flores being fired. Now, you're able to go through your conspiracy theories, you're able to think of the best reasons that he was fired, and you're able to think of the worst reasons that he was fired. But the fact at the end of the day, no matter how you wind up feeling about it, is that one of the best coaches in the NFL wound up getting canned for reasons that we may not ever know. That is not too terrific right there. And now you replace him with a guy, Mike McDaniel, that he wasn't necessarily on a lot of radars until recent months in terms of being an NFL coach. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to do necessarily a great job with his team. Now, they bring in Raheem Mostert, which... When he was at his full powers a few seasons ago with the San Francisco 49ers, certainly a guy with a lot of speed, but he's coming off of not running the ball darn near at all last season because he wound up getting injured in week number one. So you've got a lot of question marks on that front. Tyreek Hill, he was amazing with Patrick Mahomes, but now you wind up going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tagovailoa. And I mean, with Tua, once again, a guy that could wind up being a very solid quarterback, but you just regardless, even if Tua winds up being a top 10 quarterback, he's still not Patrick Mahomes. That is going to be winding up downgrading his production right off the bat. And with the Miami Dolphins as well, they're going to be in what I think is going to be a relatively solid division. Now with the Patriots, they've got themselves a quarterback in and of its own in Mac Jones, who they're probably going to look to wind up lending a little bit more of the offense to him. And what's happening with the Patriots is very interesting as well. So that they don't run, They don't really have an offensive coordinator right now. I mean, Matt Patricia, the former Lions coach, he's been able to help out with this team. So it's been 
fascinating to see what's been happening with regards to play calling. I think that as the Patriots wind up having more and more practices, we're going to figure out if there is going to be an actual offensive coordinator or if they're just going to continue on by committee. Maybe Bill Belichick winds up taking over the play calling. Who knows on that front? We should be getting more answers in that respect. I don't think that either way, it's necessarily going to be too bad for the Patriots. The Patriots, they always seem to have coordinators in place that know what the heck they are doing. But getting back to the Miami Dolphins as well, with the Miami Dolphins, they're a bunch of, I felt like they wound up having a relatively solid draft. And now you've got a couple more weapons for this bunch as well as you've got Cedric Wilson Jr. along Jalen Waddle out there able to do solid work to be able to take the edge off of Tyreek Hill a little bit. But still, I do think that teams are going to be very much zoning in on Tyreek Hill as well. And then I take a look at this offensive line. It leaves a little bit of something to be desired. And with a guy in two, I wish the hip injury, it just requires you to be on a little bit more of a pitch count in terms of the amount of hits that he's able to take throughout his career and throughout a season. That is something that has me a little bit concerned with this team as well. And on top of that, when it comes to Miami Dolphins, you know what Brian Flores always did a very solid job of being able to coach defense. And you've got a lockdown corner in Xavion Howard, one of the best out there in the league. But past that, this is a front seven that I've got my question marks as to whether or not they're going to be able to get to the quarterback. And that's going to be massive in this division because Mac Jones, we know that he's not going to wind up scrambling a ton and he's not going to be able to really create with his feet, but he's an accurate passer. I feel like he wound up showing that through last season. I think that it's going to be on the uptick this season as well. And you just take a look at this Miami Dolphins front seven and you really didn't have that guy that was able to go out there and get you a bunch of sacks. Emmanuel Ogba, he wound up leading the way with right around nine sacks for this unit. And I mean, you did have Jalen Phillips do a relatively solid job last season as well. But that said, with regards to the Miami Dolphins, their front seven, I do have my question marks with that. And winding up having this coaching change, it doesn't have me necessarily feeling too bullish on this team. I think that it's a punch that they could very easily wind up finishing below 500 as you've got a Dolphins team that they wound up having one of the most uneven seasons that we ever saw last year. They were one of the few teams in NFL history that had both a six-game win streak and a six-game lose streak in the same season. And you just take a look at the way that the schedule winds up setting up for them. This is a murderer's row to begin the season. To begin the year, they wind up playing us to the New England Patriots. Now, the Patriots, they, throughout the entirety of the Bill Belichick era, have wound up having their issues with Miami. It is going to be week number one, so it's going to be a little bit more humid out there as well. So, that is going to be able to play into the advantage of the Miami Dolphins. I do think that they've got a shot to be able to get that one done, but then you have to go at the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens might be the most snake-bitten team in the history of forever in terms of injuries from last season. I think that they're in for a very big season. Then they play hosts of the Buffalo Bills. Getting them at home, that's a little bit better, but still, you have to play against the Buffalo Bills. I think it's going to be a little bit tough for them. At the Bengals, and then at the Jets, I still think that even though the Jets have been able to revamp themselves, I still do think that they should be able to win that game, but then you wind up playing at home against the Vikings. I would say don't wind up chalking up the Pittsburgh Steelers as an automatic win. They do wind up losing Ben Roethlisberger, but anyone that wound up watching the Pittsburgh Steelers the last two years, that was not Ben Roethlisberger. The last name on the back of the jersey said Ben Roethlisberger, but that was the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the guy had been so diminished, and still, somehow, someway, Mike Tomlin wound up taking pretty much 53 bags of gravel to the playoffs last season because he is that good of a coach. So, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with how much they have invested in that defense, it's probably going to be a very grimy, very just bad game to watch in general, but this is a defense that time and time again, they're able to shut you down. So that is one that I still think is going to be a little bit of a challenge. You get at the Bears, at the Lions, 
should be able to win both of those. I recognize that those are road games, but the roll of the dice wound up going very favorably for the Miami Dolphins on those because the Lions are going to stink once again, and the Chicago Bears right now one of the most popular bets in the futures market as the Chicago Bears win total under. I cannot blame anyone that's taking a Chicago Bears win total under. I mean, I am from the state of Wisconsin. I naturally have a little bit of a bias towards the Green Bay Packers, but when you take a look at betting, the only thing that matters is your wallet. My wallet tells me that there is not a lot of money to be had with the Chicago Bears, and expecting bad teams to do good things, it typically does not wind up going well for you, and then towards the back half of the season. Here's how they wind up ending the season. At the 49ers, at the LA Chargers, at the Bills, at home against the Green Bay Packers, at the New England Patriots, and then they wrap things up with the New York Jets. That's as bad of a stretch as you can wind up getting to end the season. So if you need to have the team wind up going 3-3 three and three in those last six games, good luck to you because this is a Miami Dolphins bunch that they've got a lot of speed. They don't necessarily have a lot of strength, though, and we wind up finding it time and time again in the NFL. You wind up being able to win up front. You wind up being able to have good team chemistry as well. You bring together a lot of speedy pieces. Typically, it doesn't wind up going the way of that offensive team. I think that this team is lacking a little bit of something on defense, and I do think that bringing in Mike McDaniel, though he's a flashy mind that a lot of people like, him being the coach now instead of Brian Flores, I do think that it's a relative downgrade. But instead, we've got to look for an upgrade, and we are going to be getting that next. Chris Raybon, he does an absolutely terrific job taking a look at things over there at the Action Network in the NFL. He is going to be joining me next, as it is Greg Peterson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg right here on The Look at on Decent, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you are looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. We've got CityCasts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. You're able to subscribe to your local CityCast over your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. The list goes on and on as we are back here on the look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and it's great to be joined by our guest as Chris Raybon. He does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the NFL and really fantasy football as well over there at the Action Network. And Chris, it is great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Chris, I was talking a little bit earlier about some AFC teams. I was talking a little bit more about the East, but how about if we wind up going out to my sector of things, to the West? I know that you're relatively bullish on the Las Vegas Raiders. Talk to me a little bit about why you think that they've got a shot to be able to win the AFC West as right now we're seeing them right around plus 650 to be able to win the division and take me through just your handicap of this one as I know that a lot of people are talking about the West as it looks like it's going to be the most fearsome division in all football. Yeah, it does. And that's why I think everyone's kind of forgetting or counting out the Raiders. You know, they have the longest odds to win the West. But you look at these four teams and I don't think there's as much that separates them as people think. I mean, I think all four of them have, you know, solid quarterback, very good quarterbacks. Um, Derek Carr was seventh in yards per attempt last year. He was 23rd in touchdown rate. Now he gets Devontae Adams. What do you what else do you need? You need to stop the pass. Well, you got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones rushing the passer. That's a very good combination on the edge. And all of a sudden, with the trade for Rocky Yassin, the cornerback from Indianapolis, now you have two cornerbacks that ranked in the top 30 in pro football focuses grades last year because uh, Hobbs did as well in the slot. So, and, and you got a decent left tackle in Miller. He was number five overall. So I think top to bottom, this team is pretty good. And I think it's just going to be a gauntlet in the West. And all these teams are going to lose to each other. And the Raiders are right there. And I think at plus 650, nearly seven to one, I think they're worth a long shot. I think they're a quality team. Uh, I think that Adams addition is really going to do wonders uh, for that offense. I agree with you. I do think that Devontae Adams is going to be very good. And I think that all four of these teams have great potential to be able to make the postseason when it's all said and done. I think one of those teams winds up getting left out just because it would be so hard to wind up getting all four of those teams in, but I certainly could see a scenario in which three of them do wind up getting in, and if it does wind up being the Raiders that wind up winning the division, you know what? Coach of the Year candidacy might be there for the Raiders as well, but I know that you're taking a look at Kevin O'Connell for this award. O'Connell taking over first year over there with the Minnesota Vikings. What do you see in O'Connell that you like out of him as he's right now 20-1 to on the odds board that I'm seeing right now? So the first thing I like about him is that he's a first-year head coach. If you look at three of the last five winners uh, have been first-year head coaches, and you're going to need a team 
that is going to probably win at least 11 to 12 games. That's what's tended to happen. They've averaged about 12 wins a year over the last five. So what you're really looking at is you need a solid team, maybe a good team, but instead of winning, you know, eight, nine, 10 games, maybe they can get to 11 or 12 with some luck. And all the other coaches that are in that position, those first-year head coaches, Staley's 14-1, to McDaniel's 16-1, to Hackett's 16-1, to uh, Josh McDaniel's 18-1. to You know, they, O'Connell's the longest odds of those coaches. And I think the Vikings, you know, I've talked about this. I think they're a, a good bet to win that NFC North as, a, a, as well. Um, I think the Packers are going to take a little bit of a step back without Devontae Adams. Um, and just, you know, Aaron Rodgers getting older. I don't think he puts up a third straight MVP caliber season. That leaves the door open. I think the, the team is all around solid. And they finally have an offensive minded head coach in Kevin O'Connell, who's been learning under Sean McVay. That's, a, that's not a bad one, you know, to, to kind of learn under. So uh, I really like him for coach of the year at 20 to one with the longest odds of all those first year head coaches in position, I think, to take it. I mean, he's even ahead of Dable and Dan Campbell and, and Peterson. He's behind them longer odds and those teams aren't winning you know 10 11 12 games oh i agree with you and when it (laughs) comes to the nfc north as well i do think that the packers should be a little bit of a short shot to be able to win the division but you laid it out i mean you were talking about the fact that you like the raiders because they wind up picking up Devontae adams the packers they wind up losing Devontae adams now what i will say about the defense is that they were a little bit banged up last season and they were still relatively rock solid i would not be looking at a packers win total under don't know if I love it over, but I wouldn't be willing to take a look at an under. And I think that the North is just one of the weaker divisions at all of football just because you've got two anchors at the back end and the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. I feel like people are trying to talk up the Lions. A lot of people like the Chicago Bears win total under. I don't hate that. I mean, trust me, if you're going to take a Chicago Bears win total under, I am not going to be the one that winds up talking you out of that. But I just take a look at this North and it feels like it's the biggest divide of the haves and the have-nots. And I think that it's going to be very just... Strange in general to see how these teams wind up playing because the Packers, they're probably not the caliber of a team that's going to be able to win 11 to 12 games, but I think that they could get there just because of their schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Packers, I think the Packers and the Vikings are going to duke it out. And the reason I'm looking at O'Connell there is because, you know, the Packers right now, they're the favorite. They're, you, there's no real value on them that I see. But, you know, something breaks the Vikings away, maybe, or breaks against the Packers, you know. Maybe Aaron Rodgers misses games. Maybe somebody else that's key, uh, you mentioned that defense, misses games. And all of a sudden, you know, you got these two teams kind of battling it out. The Vikings are one of those, the few teams that you feel confident, you know, in a divisional matchup. The Vikings could, you know, split or even take two from the Packers. There's not many teams that could say that. And so that's why I like the Packers, but uh, that's why I like the Vikings, excuse me, O'Connell. And uh, I, I agree with you on the Bears. The Bears win total under. That's my favorite win total. Uh, of 2022. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that it's going to be going to the way of the Bears this year. Maybe two <laughs> to three years from now, Justin Fields develops. You know what? We might be having a different conversation. I need to see it to believe it before I wind up investing anything in the Bears to do anything positive. But I know something that you're starting to take a look at is a preseason as well as, I mean, it's fun to be able to take a look at these week one games, but let's call it what it is. There are no games that are going to be evaluated for longer or just more time dedicated to them in general than NFL week one. I mean, we've been talking about these games for months and I know you've got a little bit of a play when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens in week one that you're going to hear this a lot in the coming weeks. The Ravens have been machines in the preseason for so many years. I mean, I think that John Harbaugh has won like 90% of his preseason games over the last 10 years against the spread. He's been a complete machine. Take me through this and just the way that you wind up handicapping NFL preseason games because a lot of people are hyped up for week one, but there's money to be made before then. 
So the thing with preseason is you have to pick your spot. It's not like the regular season when you can kind of model the entire slate and you're looking for edges everywhere. In the preseason, you have to really know and understand these coaches and what they're thinking. You have to understand, you know, the full 90-man rosters and how deep they are and who's going to play and all these things. So I think that it's a lot more about picking your spots. And you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. You want to know how to bet the preseason? Just bet on the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Since 2016, the Baltimore Ravens have played 20 preseason games. Since 2016, the Baltimore Ravens have won 20 preseason games. They have not lost one since way back in 2015. They're 17-2-1 against the spread over that span. That's a 20-game sample uh, of the Baltimore Ravens just crushing it. They always tend to have a deep roster. They're a great organization. And whereas most coaches are just kind of trying to test out different things, uh, Baltimore tends to play to win. A lot of coaches don't necessarily do that because they're trying out specific schemes and plays and they're not game planning or anything. Baltimore tends to go about it a little differently. So that's just, um, I think, the first thing that people should know about betting the preseason. You could bet the Ravens those three games and that could be your entire preseason and you'll probably go 3-0. and So it just depends on how much you can get down. And you talked about this as well in terms of just knowing the rosters, knowing the rotations. What is beneficial about the preseason as well, you're not going to be faked out by some sort of a smoke screen. If a coach winds up saying, you know what, star player X, we're going to hold them out. It's not going to be one of those things where it's like, psych, you know what, we're going to be playing Aaron Rodgers the entire game or anything like that. You know what you're getting there, which I think is very beneficial as well. Now, the lines are going to move when a player is announced out slash if a coach winds up saying, you know what, our first team, they're going to play the entire first half or something like that. But I think a big advantage that you have now is that there's really no unknowns when it comes to the preseason. And you're not going to be the victim of thinking a guy is going to play and then he doesn't wind up playing. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, you know, there's not a lot of unknowns. So sometimes you see line moves because, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, people think they know something. And, and an example of this is when you see the total, and it drops by two or more points. Uh, those have gone 59 and 44 and three uh, going back over the last, you know, 15 years or so. That's a 15, 57% win rate. So just things like that, being able to not overreact to any specific news because uh, these rosters, they're playing the back half of the roster, especially early in the preseason. And now that it's three games, I think you're going to see that throughout. Um, so, you know, don't overreact. You know, if you see a line that looks out of whack or it's it's moving too much, just come back on the other side, uh, and, and that tends to be a profitable angle as well. I agree with you there. And then we've got about 30 seconds left. I know you like Baker Mayfield under his under his touchdown prop for this upcoming season. You were seeing at 22 and a half. Take me through this one because I'm right there with you. Carolina, 17 touchdowns. Uh, 14 touchdowns in 17 games last year, 16 passing touchdowns in 16 uh, the year before. Baker Mayfield under this in two of the last three. And he's still, he hasn't even won the job yet. <laughs> yep, I'm right there with you there. Taking over 22 and a half touchdowns on a guy that we don't know if he's going to be the starter for the entirety of the season. And heck, he could win the job and then wind up getting benched as well. I'm right there with you. And Chris, great stuff from you as always. Thank you so much for joining me right here on The Look Ed. Thank you. Great to be able to talk some football with Chris Raybon. Does a great job over there at the Action Network. And coming in next, we're going to go from football to baseball. Take a look at a few American League games for Friday right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The college football betting guide is out now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles on all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, 
and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. The only way to be able to get access to this year's football betting guide is via becoming a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Subscribe for a VEASAN All Access subscription today and get everything that we have to offer for the entirety of the football season and the Pro Football Betting Guide. That is going to be included with that. That is coming out soon, and you're able to subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, great to have Chris Raybon on the show. Did an amazing job being able to take a look forward at the NFL season. And hey, those of you guys that wind up betting preseason, there are some great angles to be had there. You want to doing a great job of being able to lay out how to be able to handicap that as well. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now here in the final two segments of the look at, we're going to be taking a look at a little bit of baseball. I'm holding it down for Scott Seidenberg this weekend. Sounds like I'll also be with you guys Sunday night as well. So he'll be back on Monday and he's going to be ready to get at it with regards to baseball betting card. And I always love being able to get at it as well. We've taken a look at quite a few games thus far that we're going to be getting. How about if we wind up taking a look at this game out there in the American League as the Angels, they're going to be looking to bounce back. 973-974 on the betting board as got Patrick Sandoval on the bump for the Angels. Martin Perez is on the bump for the Texas Rangers. And a relative pick and price here. Angels, any between a minus 105 to a minus 115 favorite between minus 105 and Minus 101 is going to be your price on Texas, with 7.5 being the total. With the Angels, I did wind up saying them a minus 113 favorite. So right around minus 105, minus 108, I'm going to be willing to take the Angels in this spot. Now, relatively brutal showing from the offense on Thursday as they were unable to get a run in a game started by Spencer Howard. And Spencer Howard, he entered into that game with a 7-11 ERA. I mean, that's just code for he's always open to giving up runs. But with the Angels, you still have Shohei Otani. And I mean, we saw Otani with the arm wind up doing a very solid job on Thursday, just a case of which nobody could wind up coming through from whatsoever in terms of the bat. But he's been able to give the team 21 home runs. He's really had to be the best offensive player for the team, especially with having Mike Trout currently out of the fold. You really do need Taylor Ward to be able to step up a little bit more as well. He, before he wound up, wind up getting hurt. He wound up having right around a 400 on base. He was able to give the team a double digit amount of homers and still for the year is hitting right around 275, but we've seen a little bit of a fall off with that aspect as well. Really, both of these bullpens recently have not necessarily been in the greatest form. Jose Quijada has been able to give this Angels team right around 2 ERA and if you do need a long guy, I may, but he, he has been able to do a very solid job. He's got a sub 3 ERA, but the Angels over the last 40 days, they've been a league average bullpen in terms of ERA. We've actually seen a quite a bit of a fall off for the Texas Rangers. Ever since Joe Barlow's went on the injured list, it's been tough for them, and really bigger than that, the two guys have went straight down the toilet bowl for this team. That would be Dennis Santana along with Garrett Richards. Both of these guys begin the season were actually relatively solid. North of a 10 ERA for both of these guys over the last 30 days. So that has been costly for them with the Texas Rangers. You know, uh, Brock Burke along with Matt Moore would be able to do a good job for this team. And with Marty Perez, He's come out, and he has been able to deliver a very solid season, wound up being an all-star as a sub-2-5 ERA, and as a matter of fact, he's actually got a little bit of a better ERA on the road rather than at home, but certainly not a guy that's going to go out there and get a whole bunch of punch-outs, so that's a little bit of an issue. Now, this is obviously when you did wind up having Mike Trout and company in the fold for the Angels, and, well, they weren't looking like this pathetic shell of themselves that they are looking right now as the LA Angels. After they wound up beginning the season, I believe it was 25-14. and 14. They have won only about a third of their games ever since, and it has been a deplorable stretch for this bunch. But 
you did wind up having Martin Perez give up four runs in his last start against the Angels, was unable to get through five. So a little bit of something to take note of there. But for Perez, 312 fielding and a bet in 259 ERA. A lot of this has been because he's been able to keep the ball in the air, giving up just a half home run for nine innings. And on the road, he's only given up two bombs thus far this season. And for Patrick Sandoval, he's got very good stuff. He's been able to provide the team with right around nine strikeouts for nine innings. The big thing for Sandoval is I want to play it out a little bit earlier with the bullpen. He does need to be able to do a better job with his command, be able to lend a little bit of length because he's given up 4.2 walks for nine innings. That has knocked him out of games quite a bit earlier than you'd like, but he's got the good fastball, and he himself has been able to do a tremendous job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up less than a half a home run for nine innings. And as a matter of fact, he's been actually a little bit unlucky this year. You take a look at the balls that have been put in play against him, the way that he has been pitching in general. He's got a fielding independent, actually, of a 304 compared to his 364 ERA. So got to figure that there might be a little bit of positive momentum coming his way as well. And Patrick Sandoval has been able to do a little bit better job at home rather than on the road. And for the Texas Rangers, what you can say about this lineup is that it's relatively balanced. You do have one guy that has really been able to have a demonstrative amount of home runs. The gentleman that won taking part in the home run derby in Corey Seager, 23 home runs. He's hitting a 250 for this team, but you really do have quite a few guys that are hitting sort of in that neighborhood. We're going to call it about a 240 to a 255-ish, as you do have Seager, who's in that full Marcus Simeon. You're able to include him in there, Adolis Garcia. So you do have quite a few of your measures that have been sort of hitting in that neighborhood as well. And then you've been able to get a little bit of production in terms of a getting on base perspective out of Leody Tavares. He's been able to 330 for this bunch. Ezekiel Dern, he's another guy that's sitting right around at 250 to a 255 along Charlie Coverson. And then on top of that, you got a lot of guys behind Corey Seager that they don't have as many home runs, but they've been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers as Cole Calhoun, able to throw in their Marcus Simeon, Nate Lowe, Jonah Heim, all between 10 and 15 home runs, and Adolis Garcia, 60 RBI, 18 bombs. So these guys have been relatively solid for the Angels. You have had Luis Renifo be able to step up a little bit, and I do think that the Angels actually do have a little bit of a leg up in terms of the bullpen. I do think that this is going to be a relatively good spot for the Angels in a relative pick game. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression coming the way of Martin Perez. So this is a spot in which I'm willing to lay a... Pretty much pick a price here with the Angels. We'll only go up to a minus 113. And I do think that with the firepower that you do have with the Rangers and we're going to call it what it is, a pair of struggling bullpens that you're going to be able to get this total over. Wouldn't be willing to take an 8 over, but here at a 7.5, I'm willing to dive in on the over and I'm going to be willing to take the LA Angels up to a minus 113. And then let's take a look at another marquee American League game. How about the Seattle Mariners on the road facing off against the Houston Astros? This is 971-972 on the betting board. Justin Verlander, he is going to be taking the bump for the Houston Astros, and Robbie Ray is going to be going for Seattle. Seattle's find themselves as an underdog of any between plus 149 and plus 155, and when it comes to Houston, they are finding themselves a sizable favorite, any between minus 164 and minus 180, with seven being your total, and when it comes to the Astros, I did wind up saying them a favorite of a minus 169-ish, but here's what I'm really going to be taking a look at, because the money line, I really don't see too much of an edge Either way, little bit to the Houston Astros, but that's a very large amount of juice to wind up playing. Right now, you're finding the run line in this one anywhere between about a plus 130, single size plus 133 here at Circa. And as long as I'm getting north of a plus 120, I'm going to be willing to dive in on this Houston Astros run line. Verlander has been nothing short of incredible for this Astros team. Actually, has a little bit of a higher home ERA rather than a road ERA, but that's because he's got a sub-2 ERA overall, right around a 205 ERA at home, more like a buck 80 when he is on the road. Verlander has been giving up less at home run per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate that hovers right in the neighborhood of 
of nine. And then on top of that, he's been giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings. Command has been terrific. And for Robbie Ray, he's been able to do a good job of being able to shape himself up after he had a relatively brutal start to the season. But you still want to be keeping in mind his home and road splits. When he's been at home, he's been providing a sub-250 ERA on the road. This winds up ballooning to right around a 522. And the big thing for Robbie Ray is that he's got such a bugaboo of giving up the deep ball. Even when he wound up having his six-start streak, in which I believe that he wound up giving up six or seven runs in that time span, he still was giving up a bunch of solo home runs in that time span as he has given up overall for the season one and a half home runs per nine innings. So he does do a good job of being able to get strikeouts right around 10 punch-outs for nine innings, so that has been relatively positive for him. But his last start against the Houston Astros, this was one that was in Seattle, certainly far from terrific and one that he does wind to want to forget as he was knocked out after fewer than five innings. He wound up giving up a couple bombs in the process as well. As a matter of fact, I think that he wound up giving up three home runs in that game, six runs in total, and just been a case in which the Houston Astros have always been able to do a relatively solid job against Robbie Ray. So that's a little bit tough prior to that. He had really been able to winding up going into form as between June 12th and July 15th. This was a stretch of seven starts. He wound up giving up approximately seven runs in the starts. So he was able to do a good job there. But you've got Jordan Alvarez, who's been able to give you right around 29 home runs and a little bit of a dark horse for AL MVP Jeremy Pena. 15 home runs. He's hitting a 260. And then you've got Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, both of these guys going deep 19 times. And then you've got for the flip side for the Seattle Mariners, Julio Rodriguez giving you 18 home runs, but not a lot of firepower when it comes to this Mariners team. And then on top of that, you've got Cal Raleigh, Dylan Moore, Kyle Lewis, Abraham Toro, all these guys hitting at 225 or lower. Both of these bullpens have been lights out. And as a matter of fact, for the last 40 days, the Seattle Mariners have a sub-2 bullpen ERA. Nobody in the science fan has better than a 250 ERA, but the Houston Astros overall for the year have been more consistent in terms of their bullpen. They've got for the year the best bullpen ERA out there in the big league, so I do think that this is going to be a low-scoring game. Here at the 7, I'm willing to take a look at the under, but with Justin Verlander, I think that he's going to be able to get it done. I think that the road struggles of Robbie Ray continue, so I'm going to be willing to do reduce the juice, take a plus price on the Houston Astros on the run line. And coming up in the final segment, here on the lookout, going to give you guys my DK Nation pick on the diamond for Friday and everything that I like in baseball for this Friday right here on VSEN Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon now to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to dive in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as per usual, please do drink responsibly as it is the final segment of The Look Ahead with myself, Greg Peterson. And we've got you covered all throughout the day here on VSIN with tremendous content as Follow the Money. That is going to be coming up after myself. If you're listening to me live, well, you're going to get three more hours of Greg Peterson. If you're listening to the replay, Follow the Money, it is going to be up next. Stormy Tony and a combination of Dave Ross along with Sean King have been doing a great job of holding down the fort all, see- all week long. And I know that these two slash three in the case of when you wind up having Dave Ross in the fold, they've been able to do a great job. Take a look forward at this NFL season, providing some great picks out there on the diamond as well. And they are going to have a locked and loaded show for you. And we're going to hopefully be locked and loaded with regards to what we've got with regards to our DK nation pick for this MLB Friday. So let's dive into it. This is 967, 968 on the bang board and legitimately a really big series for both of these teams. Playoff hope says you've got the Cleveland guardians, they're on the road facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Jeffrey Springs goes for the Rays, and you got Shane Bieber trying to make believers out of all of us, going for Cleveland. Cleveland, a very slight underdog. Anywhere between minus 110 and plus 103 is your price on them. They're fighting the Rays between minus 109 and minus 113, and the total on this game is 6 half. I see a slight edge when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays money line. I'd be willing to lay up to about a minus 120 on them. So I do like what the Rays are able to bring to the table because Jeffrey Springs, he has actually went from the bullpen to being a starter and has been able to do a really good job with it, being able to provide right around about a 250 ERA. But he and really Shane Bieber both have been seeing a little bit of a dip in their production. For Bieber, it's actually been worse than that of Jeffrey Springs. Springs has given up three plus runs and now three out of his last four outings. But with that said, you take a look at the flip side for Shane Bieber. Three plus runs given up in six out of his last seven starts. And the big thing for Shane Bieber is that he's just not getting as many swings and misses as he has in the past. As for Shane Bieber, last two seasons, he was able to get at least 12 and a half strikeouts per nine innings each of those two campaigns. This year, it's right now sitting at an 8.9. So the former Cy Young Award winner has been having a little bit of a tough time with it. For Jeffrey Springs, 
Been a case where his command has been relatively good, giving up fewer than two and a half walks per nine innings. Has been okay being able to keep the ball in the yard. Has been giving up a couple homers, but certainly nothing too bad there. His strikeouts per nine rate is a little bit north of nine as well. This is a race team that they play in a relatively pitcher-friendly ballpark, but that said, the Cleveland Guardians are just very excited whenever they're able to get out of Cleveland in terms of their offense, as you've got a lot of guys that would be able to get on base for the team, as Stephen Kwan, you're able to throw in there Nolan Jones, Oscar Gonzalez, Josh Naylor, Jose Ramirez, all these guys have been able to hit at least a 275 for the team. Ramirez, he's really been the RBI guy for this bunch. He's currently third in the league in terms of RBI, 20 home runs, and has really been the only guy that has been able to consistently go deep for Cleveland. But for Cleveland, they're averaging right around 4.2 runs per game when they're at home. On the road, this winds up going up to a 4.6, and darn near 70% of their home runs, they have been hit on the road, as the Guardians are only averaging right around 0.6 home runs per game on when they are in Cleveland. Meanwhile, on the road, they're averaging more like a full home run per game. So it's been a very big split with that regard. And then for the Tampa Bay race, has been a little bit of an issue with the deep ball themselves as Isaac Paredes right now leading the team in home runs, which it's not necessarily too ideal. But you do have a pair of guys in Yandy Diaz along G-Man Choi would be able to do a great job providing an on-base percentage north of a 360. Randy Orosarena still has been able to do a solid job with the bat as well. They did wind up picking up Christian Bethencourt from the Oakland A's as well to be able to provide a little bit behind the dish as they've been without Mike Sanino, who wound up hitting 30-plus home runs last season as well. So that's been a tad bit of an issue for the team. But you've been able to notice a few guys being able to start to finally be able to pick it up a little bit. They were waiting on the bat of Luke Rayleigh. He wound up entering into the series against the Baltimore Orioles, hitting a 0.80. Now he's been able to provide a batting average really over the last seven days that has been relatively solid. He's now hitting for the season a little bit over a 200 and for the last few series for Luke Rayleigh. He's been able to pick it up. 375 batting average and 16 at-bats in the last few series. So that has been very encouraging for this bunch. And you do take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays team in the bullpen. It certainly has been rock solid all season long. They currently rank eighth in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. They were able to get a relatively good start out of Ryan Yarbrough. But you do have a few guys that can be a little bit, shall we say, it or miss with the same Pete Fairbanks. He's working his way back to, from injury. He's still trying to re-acclimate himself. Ryan Thompson, he's been posting up north of a four-year right now. You do have guys like Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, Luke Bard. They've all been able to provide a sub-three ERA. And for the Cleveland Guardians, more of the long guys for the team, they've been starting to falter. As Sam Antiges, Eli Morgan, pair of failed starters, they began the year very solid out there in the bullpen. Now they are both posting up north of the 3-5 ERA. Now you do have Trevor Steven, Nick Sandlin, sub-two ERAs on Manuel Classe. He has been absolutely lights out out there in the bullpen, but both of these teams come in having given up quite a few runs. For the Cleveland Guardians, four-plus runs surrendered in five out of their last seven games. For the Tampa Bay Rays, four-plus runs surrendered, and now four out of their last five games. So neither of these teams are necessarily in great form. You've been seeing the Guardians being able to do a very solid job of being able to get on base, and they are the top team in the big leagues in terms of fewest strikeouts on a per-at-bat basis. So I do think that they're going to push Jeffrey Springs, get his pitch count up. They're going to be able to do a solid job of being able to reach base. And I do think that the Rays, they're going to be able to get the job done at home as well. So I do think that both of these offenses are going to be able to ignite. I did wind up setting my total a little bit north of a 7. So even if this winds up going to a 6 from a 6F to a 7, I still do like this total over. That is going to be in my write-up for DK Nation. And with the race, also if you're taking a look at a money line perspective, I'm going to lay up to a minus 122 there. So we've got both aspects of that covered. And now 
Let's take a look at a game that I've yet to cover on here out here on the show. 961-962. You've got the Chicago Cubs. They're in the road to face off against the San Francisco Giants as Alex Cobb is going to be going for the Giants and Marcus Stroman goes for the Cubs. Cubs opened up right around about a plus 125 underdog, seeing them anywhere between plus 120 to a plus 125. Not a lot of movement there. Giants, they're anywhere between a minus 132 to a minus 140 favorite with a total of 7.5. And Alex Cobb has been one of the more puzzling cases in the MLB this season because if you take a look at the raw numbers, they're not necessarily so great. Opponents are hitting a little bit north of a 245 off of them. He's got an ERA that is north of four. And you sit there and you think to yourself, man, what's been happening with Alex Cobb this season? Answer has been a little bit of bad luck. Feels like every single ball in play against him, it just winds up finding the wrong areas. His fielding independent is actually a 294 compared to a 426 ERA. That's one of the more demonstrative splits between fielding independent and ERA that you're going to find out there in the big leagues. For Cobb, he's really been able to do a good job of being able to mold them down 8.8 strikeouts per nine innings in his 11-year career. That's the second best of it. He's been getting right around two and a half walks per nine innings, so he's done a solid job in terms of command, not giving up a lot of homers, but just has been a little bit of a victim of bad luck. Now, this is not so much luck, but rather just a loss for the San Francisco Giants team. Not having Buster Posey, I feel like, has really taken it out of this bullpen. As last year, they were the lone team in the big leagues that had a sub-three bullpen ERA. This season, you've got a San Francisco Giants team that they are now in the bottom 10 in terms of bullpen ERA. Now, you do have a couple guys that have been solved for the team. Camilo Duvall, Jarlin Garcia, John Brebia. These guys are posting up a sub-three ERA, but certainly has been a little bit of a fall from grace for them. And for the Chicago Cubs, it's been an uneven season when it comes to this bullpen. As overall for the season, they're ranking right around 20th in terms of bullpen ERA. So that has been a bit of an issue for this bunch. But you take a look at what they've been able to do over the last 40 days. They've really been able to shape up. As you've got Scott Efres, coupled with Michael Givens, both of these guys have been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. And over the last 40 days, a 276 ERA out of the pen. That is actually the best mark in the National League ever since then. And as a matter of fact, the only other team with a sub-3 bullpen ERA in that time span, that would be the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Philadelphia Phillies, they've got Jersich Vermillion in the bullpen. And you don't have that with the Chicago Cubs. So you do also have Daniel Norris, who has not been necessarily too terrific for this bunch. But with the Cubs as well, it's been a little bit of tough sledding in terms of power for this team. You do have Patrick Wisdom, who's been able to give you 17 home runs thus far this season. He's currently on pace for 215 strikeouts, so... And it's very far from terrific. You do have Wilson Contreras, who's been able to get on base. He's been able to hit 14 home runs, right around a 350 on base percentage. Ian App, he's got right around a 370 on base himself. But for the San Francisco Giants, this team ranks in the top six in terms of runs per game. They've been able to really generate some runs in what is more of a pitcher friendly ballpark out there in San Francisco. Jack Peterson, Wilmer Flores. These guys have a combined 31 home runs. Both of these guys hitting in the neighborhood of body 240. And nothing's necessarily too flashy with this Giants team. They don't necessarily have a lot of guys with a big batting average. They don't have a lot of guys that have necessarily been able to hit a lot of long balls. But what they do have is a manager in Gabe Kapler that does a tremendous job of being able to play home and road splits. And what I find to be interesting about home and road splits, Marcus Stroman. North of a 7 ERA at home, a sub-3 ERA on the road. He's just been a very uneven pitcher, though, this year. He's been hard to rely upon because he has been dealing with quite a few ailments. And even when he was, when he was doing some of his rehab work, trying to get back up to the big league level after an injury, he wound up getting lit up in AAA Iowa as well. So just hard to have a lot of faith here in Marcus Stroman. I do think that there's going to be positive progression here when it comes to... 
Alex Cobb. I'm on the way up to about a minus 148 with the Giants, and I want to take in the total over. Set it a little bit north of the 7.5, and something that I'm always wanting to take a look at. Great content, and we've got you covered here on VEASAN as Follow the Money. That follows myself right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers, betters and handicappers, betters and handicappers, betters and. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.